there's nothing more exciting to build on all the experience and actually to combine founders, entrepreneurs, and global business leaders and create a total new system of plant-based food in a, as we all know, a challenged and broken food system. Welcome to the Business for Good podcast, a show where we spotlight companies making money by making the world a better place. I'm your host, Paul Shapiro, and if you share a passion for using commerce to solve many of the world's most pressing problems, then this is the show for you. Welcome, friends, to the 40th episode of Business for Good, another pandemic-era episode coming to you with a focus on a company that is trying to reduce our reliance on the very practices that amplify pandemic risk, such as the factory farming of animals. While I, of course, work to make every episode of this show both useful and interesting, this specific episode is particularly inspirational to me because it really helps to show just how much momentum the plant-based meat space is now garnering. When you take a look at many of the startups that are focused on making plant-based meat, often you'll find they are founded by people who come out of the animal welfare or the environmental movements who just happen to view the food industry as a way to advance the goals they have been pursuing, often for years or even decades on end. That's certainly true for companies like Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods. It's true for our last episode's guest, Tofurky founder Seth Tibbet. It's certainly true for my own company, The Better Meat Co., and it's true for so many others as well. However, in this episode, we are featuring one of the newest companies on the block, and it's already poised to become a behemoth of the space. Now, you may have heard of the website Live Kindly. It's a news resource that's run by Jody Monell, focused on stories of interest to the plant-based space. I know I read it from time to time, as do many others. Well, they have just been acquired by a company that will take the name, the Live Kindly Co., and will become a major player in selling plant-based chicken. Just how major? Well, at the outset, this new startup announced the completion of a $200 million funding round. Acquisitions, not only of the Live Kindly News website, but also of two plant-based chicken companies, Like Meat in Germany and Fry Family Food in South Africa. And they announced that their executive team includes alt-protein investor Roger Leinhard and Kies Kruthoff, the former CEO of Unilever North America. Other execs come from food giants like Nestle and others, and they've already partnered with one of Europe's largest poultry companies, the PHW Group. As you'll hear in the interview with the CEO and the chairman, they intend to use their extensive food industry experience and massive capital to revolutionize the chicken industry with a new all-natural plant-based chicken that contains only four to six ingredients and that they say will be cheaper than commodity chicken within just three years. It's quite an ambitious plan with an equally impressive team behind it. If you'd asked me if I'd be likely to live in a world where Unilever's CEO leaves the business to start a plant-based chicken company, I'd certainly have thought that maybe you could benefit some, from some bed rest. So rather than keep telling you about it myself, I will just let the Live Kindly Co's leaders tell you their story. I now bring you both Keys Kruthoff and Roger Leinhard. Keys and Roger, welcome to the Business for Good podcast. Great Hi, to Paul. be here. So glad to be joining you guys uh, during our pandemic era. We are sadly not in person because we wouldn't, we'd have to be very far apart from each other, but we're really far apart right now. Keith, where are you joining us from today? I join you actually uh, from a, a game reserve in uh, South Africa, KwaZulu-Natal. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we have had guests from Africa on, but I think they were uh, further north. So you may be the furthest away from uh, from me in California for a guest on this show. And Roger, I know that you are in Southern California right now as well, right? 
That's absolutely true. Yes, I'm hiding here in the hills and I just figure out the, all the beneficial things of video conferencing and doing more phone calls instead of traveling. I think, yeah. I think it will change my behavior a little bit. I've actually been wondering about that, whether there will be lasting effects on people's willingness to travel as much or people even being willing to shake hands uh, long after this is over. Uh, do you guys think there will be lasting change or do you think that things will just go back to normal post-pandemic? I think um, the reality is that the world will never be uh, the same again. And uh, what you just said about uh, changes uh, will be just uh, the small changes of what uh, the world will see. In my view, you know, there will be a complete reset of the world. We haven't uh, seen uh, uh, even half of the impact yet. Uh, and what is really important is that we all uh, realize is that this uh, reset needs to be there uh, for the better. and. You know, uh, the uh, items which you just mentioned are just few of the items where uh, the world, each of us individually uh, and as uh, citizens uh, of this beautiful planet is to rethink uh, what we have been doing and that we put new systems in place instead of resetting the old system uh, once is that the crisis will be behind us. And as we know, this is not a health crisis, but it will be a health, a social uh, and an economic crisis, uh, which absolutely needs uh, clear leadership through the crisis and set up new system after the crisis. Well, we're going to talk a lot, Keith, about those new systems and what you guys are, are, are seeking to do here. But uh, since you have the floor right now, Keith, let me just start with you and ask, you know, you spent 27 years at Unilever, including as a, as a top executive running North America for one of the biggest uh, consumer packaged goods companies on the planet. Now you're shifting your focus and you're looking at plant-based chicken. What happened? What led you to want to go from running one of the biggest behemoths in uh, global corporations to wanting to start a plant-based chicken company? Yeah, thank you to start there because basically it's uh, um, it builds on what we have been doing for the last 27 years. Uh, as you are well aware, is that Unilever is one of the key leaders in terms of um, sustainability and uh, making that the private sector is a force for good. Uh, we launched uh, over 10 years ago the Unilever Sustainable Living Plan. And the whole idea was is that this is uh, purpose and performance which go hand in hand. And so after 27 years and all that experience, uh, Roger, as the founder uh, of uh, what we started as Food United and now have renamed as the Live Kindly company, he came to me and he basically came with this incredible ambitious plan to be able to create the preeminent global plant-based food company. And so there's nothing more exciting to build on all the experience and actually to combine founders, entrepreneurs and global business leaders and create a total new system uh, of, uh, of plant-based food uh, in a as we all know, a challenged and broken food system. And so, you know, when uh, that came, this was for me a continuation of my biggest passion, uh, which is all about the private sector as a force for good. It is a continuation of really using my skills and experience, which I have uh, of uh, running businesses all around the world in all the five continents. But actually, it is something very new because, you know, we will at scale, at speed, start from scratch and build this through unique business models, this global plant-based food company. 
Oh, that's really great. That's really great. So, Roger, let me ask you, you know, you obviously have a real passion for the plant-based space. You have been uh, part of funding and helping companies in this space for now some time. What is it that made you so interested in advancing the plant-based food sector in the first place? Yeah, in the first place, I obviously was uh, in my 40s, mid 40s, 45 years old. I sold my old companies I built in Europe. I went to California and had a lot of time to think. And what you usually do in, in that in that uh, time frame of your life, you look what you did and you look what you could do. You you start to think about purpose and, and making really an impact and not just running around like like it for recognition or for money or whatever you had had as a dream. And I, I, I obviously saw what I didn't know before, that we have a lot of problems, but I really got connected with the whole idea of plant-based food in relation to the animals. And I mean, I realized what I already did know, uh, but I realized that the severity, how we raise animals, the factory farming, how it has developed over the last 10, 20 years. And I saw this is this is not a sustainable solution. We really need to change this. And then obviously I'll also ask myself, okay, this is very emotional. This is what your heart wants to do. I turned vegan six years ago. And I, 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 concern, I consider myself an ethical vegan. But still I felt like what is the real big problem? I want, I want to also take care of humanity and the people. And I figured global warming is a problem. And I said, okay, global warming is another problem. And when I made the connection that global warming is directly connected with animal agriculture and the pollution of animal agriculture and the negative impact, CO2 emission, methane gas, and all these things are the bigger contributor than cars and airplanes and ships combined, I said, wow, this is an amazing combination. I could combine what drives me from my heart with something uh, that is really the biggest problem on the planet, the pollution, how we treat our environment. And that was the moment where I said, I, I want to do this. This is what I do for the rest of my life. And I do it with business because I, I started with philanthropy a little bit at the beginning, but I could see this is only a little impact. It's, it's good to get things started, but to really be sustainable, to really make a big impact, you need to build it as a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell me, Roger, about some of the businesses that you have uh, been supporting prior to launching this. What other companies were you invested in and are you bullish about? Yeah, at the, at the beginning, I was one of the of the vegans that, that turned from meat after 45 years. And, and I started to eat to eat quinoa salad and beans and avocado <laughs> toast. And obviously, I missed the meat and I missed the chicken and I missed the fish. And, and then I started to read about all these innovative companies that were in my backyard here in California. And I started to travel the West Coast. And I met Patrick Brown from, from Impossible Burger. And I, I met Pat, uh, Ethan Brown from, from Beyond Meat. And then the people from Shelter and Ocean Hugger and so on. All these amazing startups. And being myself an entrepreneur, I founded over 10 companies the last 30 years. I said, wow, these are all people like me, obviously 20 years younger, some of them, some of them not, but they work all in this space. And I could see so many mission-driven people that don't do it just to build a company, to be an entrepreneur and to make money, but also to, to build a company with purpose, to do impact. And uh, I had the best time of my life the last five years. And uh, yeah, so I started to invest in all the companies I just mentioned. Uh, sometimes I had to rub my knees because I was a little bit late to the game. And sometimes they were super happy to get our money. And yeah, I had an amazing last five to six years. 
That's really great. That's really great. So, Keys, tell me what the strategy is here. Now, you know, anybody who's reading the headlines about you guys sees that you've brought in $200 million to start to really launch this new brand, the Live Kindly Company. Now, of course, Live Kindly for many people has been a, a news website with uh, very interesting sustainability news. I certainly read it from time to time and appreciate it. But now it's actually turning into a food company as well. So tell us, what's the strategy we have to, uh, uh, What's the strategy behind the new company that you are the CEO of and what's the problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah, the problem which we're trying to solve is uh, clearly uh, to uh, shift the uh, the broken food system into uh, a plant-based sustainable food system. So that is uh, very clear. And we are happy is that many, many people are uh, doing the same. And so the first thought is uh, this is all about market development and making sure is that we create capacity and capability of the total system to be able to shift it uh, at scale. And so... The point is, is that uh, we will do it from all parts of the value chain. So what we have said is we will be uh, an end-to-end value chain. uh, And by doing that, we will be very unique in five different areas. The first one is that we will invest in R&D in a way is that you know, we can not only go from animal to plant-based, but you also go from processed foods towards clean label, nutritious food. Mm-hmm. And what we have in place is an R&D system, whether that's in partnership uh, with uh, a, a, a joint venture acquisition of uh, Purus, or whether that is in R&D, which we are building ourselves. But uh, this is the first part uh, of the total shift, and that is where innovation, consumer preference will sit. The second part is is that people don't realize yet that this is an unbelievable sizable market, uh, which most probably around sort of 2040, uh, around 400 billion of a market. And if you think about that, that means is that R&D, brand, brand positioning, and segmentation of the market will be fundamental. And therefore, to be able to build different feedstocks linked into a brand portfolio is the second part of how we believe is that we actually can develop the totality of the market and get a disproportionate benefit and share of it. The third one is this whole notion about founders Uh, joining this platform. And we see that already because the first part which we have been doing is basically uh, to get uh, like meat in Europe into our portfolio. Uh, We have just uh, closed the acquisition of uh, Fry's family, which already is there for 28 years into this market. And therefore, imagine what a a visionary uh, people are uh, coming into our platform. And then as you say, uh, the the live kindly media part where Jody uh, is uh, the founder and so what we get we get actually this big thought that founders create a third option either to continue themselves or to be able to sell out to one of the bigger companies but actually what we create is a platform values aligned and having the ability to be a global pure play. And that is a magnet for founders to join. Uh, and that, once again, is very, very unique. We so, set it up in Keith, a very unique... Keith, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah, let you. Me, let me finish. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to ask you about that. So uh, you mentioned these two ways. So typically, you know, if a 
founder starts a company, uh, his or her options are like you said, either, uh, you know, you know, the sell to a larger company, try to go at their own, maybe have an IPO at some point in the future. You're offering them a third way, which is to be acquired by you guys, but to remain as the same brand that they are. Is that, that's what you're suggesting as a third option? Yeah, exactly right. And okay. so you, what you will get as, uh, as a founder, therefore, is that you continue to be part of the journey. And so you're not selling out, but you are suddenly part of this uh, global scale and capability platform. Uh, and that's why we always say that this is a unique combination of founders, entrepreneurs, and global business leaders who are coming uh, together, which can continue the journey on the values-based and the movement uh, which all of these founders are on, but at the same time uh, have the ability to scale it uh, at a uh, at a global scale, mm-hmm. and that is uh, the third element which, will, uh, in our view, makes us uh, unique. What also makes us unique is that we have this combination of uh, the Live Kindly Media and then the Live Kindly uh, products. And so Live Kindly Media, as you uh, rightly so say, is already there as a uh, media uh, platform in terms of awareness and an activist voice. But not only do we create uh, awareness and uh, the activist voice through the Live Kindly Media, now there's also basically the product which uh, give the solution so that people can truly shift into a plant-based diet. And then the last one, as we've already said, you know, we want to do this uh, with uh, um, entrepreneurs, uh, with founders, and with global leaders. And what you have seen is that what we have is not only attracted these uh, businesses and founders, but we've also attracted uh, global leaders like uh, our uh, head of uh, uh, chief innovation officer and chief uh, operating officer, Aldo Uva, uh, which has an uh, unbelievable career in Ferrero and Firminich and Nestle. Uh, the same is a uh, global chief marketing officer. Uh, and that's what you see is that we truly have the ability uh, to attract from all sides. And so that is the unique model all to come together behind uh, this global preeminent plant-based food company. Yeah, it's really an impressive vision. And I, I think uh, Key is one of the things that really struck me about it was not only the amount of money to be starting out with, with this $200 million, but also the names that are associated with it. So obviously, you know, Roger is a, a is a big name, not only as a successful business person himself, but he's a big name in the plant-based world because of his work with Blue Horizon. But to have Unilever and Nestle executives starting a company like this, it really um, it, it really suggests a maturation, I think, of the plant-based field where you're seeing not just folks who are coming out of, for example, the animal welfare or environmental movement starting companies, which is, you know, like the Ethan Browns and Pat Browns of the world from uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible Food, but to seeing major food industry executives who are coming from the food industry and really realizing that the need for this type of a, for this type of a company. And so my hat is off to you for that. And I want to ask you then really, Roger, why chicken? Uh, you guys are starting with plant-based chicken. Now, some people may say, you know, beef is so much more expensive than chicken. Plant-based meat is typically a lot more expensive than animal meat. That's why it's easier to compete on cost with beef, even though, of course, beyond and impossible, we're nowhere near competing on cost with commodity beef yet, though that certainly is their goal. But competing on cost with chicken is even more difficult because it's so much cheaper. So why start with that? And, um, 
And are there other benefits, even aside from the cost that you see to starting with plant-based chicken? Yeah, so there are many reasons. There is one main reason. I will come to that uh, in, in a second. Uh, first, first of all, obviously, it wouldn't have felt good for me to start with a burger because I'm obviously in, invested in the, in the two, uh, two uh, leaders, uh, the poster child that do burgers like Impossible and Beyond, and it felt wrong just to be a competitor out of the gate with them uh, because they are really there. They do an amazing job and uh, they, they sh should do that and continue. So I figured out what could be something where I don't step into somebody's garden because we have a portfolio for, of over 50 venture capital investments and uh, chicken felt like I don't harm uh, some of my uh, um, of my investments investments anytime soon to become their competitor, so that that's that's let let's say an, an ethical or a business ethical reason. But the real reason to do chicken is first of all, uh, chicken is the biggest protein part on the planet. So we talk about one trillion dollar within the four point one trillion dollar animal protein trade. One trillion is chicken. This is one reason. So the impact, the market is amazing. It's it's a lot of animals you can save. A second reason is obviously I could see a little bit the feedback on products that are out there today. And and uh, our our friends they started with burgers, and uh, the US is a burger country, and they get a little bit attacked now because these products have a lot of ingredients because they try to make it really like the original or like the meat product, and you need a lot of ingredients at the moment to do that. I know both work on making their products cheaper and healthier, and they will achieve that. For me, chicken was another reason to take it, to take it as our first product was because we can produce our chicken between four and six ingredients needed. So we can make a clean product. We don't need to, to add artificial flavor. We don't need to add artificial color. We don't need to make it bleed because it's not red meat. And chicken anyway, the, the, the perception of the consumer, also when it comes to the animal product, uh, chicken is the healthier meat. And mm -hmm. uh, when, when, when I look how we can produce the product, we, we do our, our pea protein chicken with four ingredients, uh, which is pea protein fiber, it's pea protein isolate, it's edible oil and water. Mm. So, so, so this is not only a replacement of an animal product. It's not only much better uh, when, when it comes to the impact on our planet, but it's also pretty healthy. And I, I wanted to start with a product uh, that is also healthy and not only more sustainable and saves mm -hmm. animals. Yeah, and I, I just want to elaborate on that, Roger, as far as the animal portion, because, of course, many people, when they start moving toward plant-based eating, they will typically at the beginning, <clears throat> at least, switch from a beef to chicken. Like they'll stop eating beef first. Whereas if from an animal welfare perspective, because chickens are so much smaller that if you are switching from beef to chicken, you're not only eating far more animals, but also the chickens themselves tend to have a lower level of animal welfare than uh, cattle who are raised for beef are. And so it's definitely, from an animal welfare perspective, a, a real primary motivator to create alternatives to chicken. And I've often wondered about this with how much emphasis there is on beef and replacing burgers. Certainly environmentally very important, but from an animal welfare perspective, you, you do wish that there was more in the plant-based chicken space happening. And of course, there are products like Gardein, which make plant-based chicken and so on. You have uh, startups like uh, Rebellious Foods also seeking to really 
been the cost curve on making plant-based chicken too, but it'll be uh, really fascinating to see what products you all launch on this particular front. And I know that you are partnering not just with folks from uh, Unilever and Nestle, but I noticed that you all are also partnering with one of Europe's largest chicken companies, not a plant-based chicken company, but one of the largest poultry companies in Europe. And so, Keys, tell me about that partnership with PHW Group and how that's going to be a benefit for what you guys are doing at Live Kindly to be uh, partnered with one of the largest chicken companies in Europe. Yeah, you know, part of the model uh, to create capabilities uh, at global uh, scale uh, is to think about the theory of change. And that is to not be just a niche disruptor, but actually to transform the current incumbents. And that is uh, why we started in Europe with uh, PHW, uh, and they actually look at uh, the whole market and about uh, their generations of uh, a successful poultry uh, family business. But they obviously see also and the consumer trends uh, and uh, the animal welfare uh, and the big need for uh, uh, changing the food system in line with climate change and people's health. And so basically, when we started the discussions with PHW, uh, they realized is that they need to change their strategy and define their business from poultry to protein uh, and then create both plant uh, and animal uh, protein. They actually came out and um, uh, in their total business that they have set by 2024 uh, to have a billion business in the uh, the plant-based uh, chicken business. So the reality mm-hmm. is, is that actually only probably 10% of their total value chain is related to uh, the animals uh, part of it. But actually 90% is very, very much similar as a business model where ingredients are coming in, uh, manufacturing base uh, goes through uh, uh, the system, then it is being packed, same uh, distribution system, and then uh, the same uh, channels, whether that is uh, towards uh, quick service restaurants, uh, uh, businesses where you have both uh, chicken and plant-based chicken in uh, the KFCs and the Nando's of this world, or uh, the same in terms of uh, the retailers, uh, whether that's uh, the Whole Foods or the Costco's of this world. So, you know, the first point is that this is in line with scale. It is about the theory of change to help to transform the incumbents. uh, And it is really uh, how uh, together uh, we will have capabilities which are hugely complementary. What we then found out is that um, uh, we understand that it became a repeatable model model because once that we had uh, signed this uh, strategic partnership with PHW in Europe, we have done actually the same uh, here in uh, in South Africa with uh, RCL Foods. uh, And then we are in contact uh, with real strategic partners also in America uh, and in other parts of the world. And so this comes really together in terms of helping to transcend and really create and uh, together in partnership with the incumbents change the totality of the industry. That's great. I was actually at PHW's headquarters in Germany um, in late February of 2020, which is certainly an interesting time to be traveling to and from Europe, from America. I can assure you there were not that many people on the planes uh, by that point. So it was a very, very spacious trip. Um, But 
anyway, I was there and, you know, I was very impressed by the level of interest that the executives of PHW Group were showing toward alternative proteins that are not based on on raising animals for food. And uh, I, I'm, you know, of all, of all the uh, poultry companies in the world, they seem to be a real leader when it comes to the idea of de- diversifying their own protein portfolio and recognizing that the way that they produce food in the future is not going to be the way that necessarily they have been producing food in the past. So I'm glad to see that you guys are working together and I, I can't wait to, uh, to try the plant-based products that you all are, are going to be working on with them. Let me ask you guys, um, you know, especially Keith, I want to start with you. You've been at the helm of one of the largest businesses in the world. Now you're essentially running a, a brand new company. <clears throat> when you are talking to folks, let's say, who are just starting out in their careers, or maybe they're even in the middle of their careers and they're thinking about a similar change in the way that you may, that you've had this pivot. Uh, what advice keys would you give them for somebody who wants to solve sustainability problems and using business to do so? What advice would you offer someone, again, who's either just starting or even if they're in the middle of their career who wants to say, hey, I really like what Keys is doing here and maybe I should try something similar. Um, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I must say uh, this is probably one of the most exciting uh, questions because, of course, it always starts with uh, your personal purpose. And I love this uh, book, which is called uh, True North from uh, Bill George, uh, which fundamentally talks about, you know, where your uh, biggest personal passion combines with your biggest personal skills and impact comes together. And so, you know, if you truly start from this notion is that We are so blessed with so many talents. Uh, And uh, as my mother always uh, said to me, you need to make sure is that you put all those talents at service of society and how uh, you can make the biggest difference. And so the first question always is, where is your uh, purpose? Where is your biggest passion? And where and how can you make the biggest impact and difference uh, for that? My second question then is always about personal growth. Um, and, you know, to be curious, to continue to reinvent yourself and to ultimately every day and again, make sure is that uh, we as humans are not becoming habitious uh, and uh, create this life, which uh, just is uh, doing everything all over again uh, in a habitious way, but continue to indeed uh, be curious, to think about um, uh, what you really want and make that conscious choice every day and again, uh, I think is the second part of it. And the third one is this notion about uh, how you can uh, make all that difference uh, and personal growth. In a way is that it is also about uh, fun, it is about the joy of business, it is about the private sector as a force for good, but also how you create networks from all around the world and make sure is that you work with those who are values aligned with you. Because once you are there, you create just an energy which is uh, second uh, to none. Uh, And that is definitely what we are uh, doing. When we got the the whole uh, new business together, you know, this notion about values aligned, that we had uh, over 90 people together, the notion that, you know, we have all this same 
uh, incredible ambitious vision and being part of this movement, that energy was just uh, electrifying and something so unique. So the mm. biggest advice is to stay close to your purpose, make sure that you think about making the difference uh, about personal growth and see how you can do that in a way is that uh, you can uh, truly uh, be uh, happiness and that is ultimately also where the fun and laughter will also sit. <laughs> Very nice, Keys. Very nice. You know, a moment ago, Keys, uh, you had mentioned the importance of working with existing incumbents to help them to do better, to help them improve on their own sustainability programs. Uh, now that you are out of Unilever, what do you think about, um, obviously, Unilever has been a leader on so many sustainability efforts. When it comes to plant-based, um, I know that they are also making real efforts on, on this as well. Do you think that Unilever will become one of the major players in the plant-based protein space as well? Yeah, you know, for sure. And um, uh, if you look at uh, whether it is Nestle or Unilever or any of uh, the bigger food uh, companies, everybody at the end, uh, sees that the consumers are ahead of uh, the, the industry in this and that there is therefore a real consumer opportunity. At the same time, you know, uh, it is the right thing to do. And so that is at the core of what Unilever is. Uh, but I also believe is that it is at the core of uh, what uh, uh, the main uh, food businesses really need to uh, do, and that is uh, the, to to pivot. Mm -hmm. uh, we have also set up together with uh, Paul Pullman and two others uh, a, a company called Imagine, uh, and uh, through that we help uh, companies and, um, uh, and and industries uh, to really to pivot. And so I think you know uh, when we were at the World Economic Forum, you really see is that uh, people really get this. And once again, uh, what is uh, hopefully coming out of uh, this uh, COVID nineteen crisis is this incredible pivot which is needed so much. And ultimately, as I said, you know, the total system need to pivot uh, for the better for business and uh, for the animals, the planet and for human health. Very good. Very good. Roger, let me ask you, you have a history not only of being, uh, again, a successful businessman, but also an investor in uh, so many of the companies in the sustainable protein space. So if somebody was asking you, what resources that you would suggest to them if they wanted to get started on a path of maybe starting their own company or maybe they want to join one of these companies that you're invested in? Are there any resources like maybe perhaps books or speeches or anything else that you would recommend to them that you think would be helpful on their journey? Yeah, I, I would I would just join the movement. Uh, I, I, I have book tips for people that want to learn how to do better business and how to improve yourself. But when the question is, how, how do I get into this industry and how I learn how to do it? I remember what I did. I just went to the first food fair in Anaheim. I met Chris Kerr because I heard he's, he's the investor in the space. And I asked him, Chris, help me to become an investor here. How do I do it? And, and uh, he, he became my mentor for the first three to five investments. And uh, since then, I met all these companies. So for me, if somebody wants to start something into an industry where, where you usually don't know how it works and who the leaders are, just learn about the industry and go to talk to the people. Uh, don't, mm -hmm. don't ask ask people that already did it. Usually you're not the first doing it because then you're mm -hmm. a really visionary. Uh, but, but when you go to an industry and this industry now has a lot of players, 
go to the existing players and ask them why they did it, how they did it. And we have a very unique atmosphere in our in our movement that the, the existing companies that are already quite big, they help startups, they really help them, they, they, they don't share the recipes, but they show them where to buy the machines, they show them the cap table, what investors do the early investing and the seed financing. So we have a group of people in this movement where you really get supported when you want to start your own company. So ask the people that already are doing it. That's my advice. Yeah, you know, it's really remarkable to me as somebody who is also in the plant-based protein space, how much what you're saying rings true to me. And certainly, you know, everybody who is involved in one of their companies, they of course have some type of allegiance to their own company. But I think that a lot of these companies really do view the other companies in the space as colleagues rather than as competitors, because so many folks are very mission motivated. They're doing this because they think that there's this urgent need to help make a more sustainable food system for climate, for animal welfare, for public health, and for so on. And uh, they want the other companies in the space to succeed. So it's not like they're trying to outcompete them or, or, or destroy their competition as much as they see the rising tides of plant-based lifting all of these boats right now, which is quite a nice feeling to have, I think. Absolutely. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. I, 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 I mentioned that I did a lot of stuff and it was always, most of the time, not always, but most of the time really fun. But to have a business that has a purpose and, and a real mission to change the, the world and to have so many, co- so many co-fighters, all the other companies that want to do the same and you exchange information and you talk about where do you get the P from and what is your biggest problem and what machines are you guys using. So, mm-hmm. so, so uh, this, is, this is really completely mm-hmm. a new experience for me as a business person. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, Roger, that now that you guys own a stake in Puris, when people ask where they get the P from, you you have a, a, a an easy answer for them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, so winding down here, Keith, I'm going to start with you and then we'll go to Roger. There are a lot of people who listen to this show who really want to use business to help make the world a better place, but maybe they're not so sure of what to do specifically. And Keith, I know you already suggested you need to think about what your passion is and you offered other wise words, but I want to ask you directly, are there any business ideas that you wish that somebody was doing that nobody is doing right now that you would encourage a listener of this show to contemplate starting on his or her own? You know, I think uh, innovation, uh, entrepreneurism, and uh, starting from uh, that where uh, the biggest uh, world's need is uh, always comes together. And if you look at uh, the biggest businesses uh, which have been founded uh, like 100 years ago, uh, they always started with this unbelievable uh, passion uh, at uh, uh, the, the core of the founding of, uh, of the business. And, you know, whether that was Lord Leverholm with uh, hygiene or whether that was uh, Roger uh, about uh, plant-based, as many uh, uh, are in there. I think that is always uh, where uh, the starting uh, point from, uh, from all this uh, comes. You know, I personally uh, would believe is that this notion about uh, where... Uh, plastic uh, really needs to change. It's another thing which uh, uh, I'm very, very passionate about. And uh, there's a business which is called uh, Mr. Green Africa, uh, where it creates uh, 
totally, uh, you know, uh, uh, getting the plastic uh, from uh, uh, the the uh, from the environment, uh, putting it into recycling, getting it into digital, uh, putting a social system around it. Uh, and I think is that you know this is one of those other elements where we know is that. Uh, once you put a lens on it, is that we as a human uh, can change it completely uh, and that we can go into zero uh, virgin plastic and that plastic uh, would never go uh, there where it doesn't belong, uh, like in uh, in the ocean. And I think is that, you know, uh, uh, my biggest insight is, is once you see it, uh, you really uh, need to come and to go and change it. So the yeah. biggest advice here, once again, is uh, for people to uh, uh, open their eyes, uh, go deep, put lenses uh, and magnifying glasses onto these type of uh, issues. Because at the end, there's always an innovation and a real business solution to be able uh, to create consumer uh, preference uh, and total uh, business transformation, uh, whether that's in plant-based or in plastic. Uh, yeah. But those are just uh, two uh, very big, but also very uh, small examples. No, I really appreciate that, Keys. It's certainly something uh, that I think about a lot. And we've had a, a number of entrepreneurs on this show who are working to try to address the plastic problem, whether uh, doing something with the plastic that's already out there in the environment or creating new types of plastic alternatives. In fact, uh, one of the recent past episodes was with a startup called Notpla. It's N-O-T-P-L-A, which is working with Unilever right now to create seaweed-based uh, packs for what, for the Hellman's Mayo. Yeah. Uh, and so... I know um, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was very impressive what, what those guys are doing and to see how, you know, these guys started as college students in their dorm room kitchen, just ordering ingredients from Amazon and Alibaba. And now they're working with Unilever and other big companies on their packaging. So it's an impressive story for sure. Um, so... Yeah, let me just... Sorry, let me just add to, sure. add to that, Paul, because, uh, the, you know... Uh, I am in a privileged situation to be uh, chairman of the board of an organization called Enactus. Uh, and this is uh, basically 35 countries all around the world where uh, students uh, are actually uh, starting with social enterprises. And, you know, uh, when we uh, get all of those uh, once a year together at, uh, at the World Cup, which we did last year uh, in, uh, uh, in California, you know, once you do that, uh, you see all those ideas uh, coming, uh, like what you've just said as being uh, one of those. Uh, but that is a really, really good, uh, if you are a student, uh, way to be able to uh, get going, get connected, uh, and uh, in no time being part of a, uh, a probably uh, over 100,000 uh, people connected uh, movement around this. Well, that's great. Thank you. We'll, we'll certainly mention that in the show notes so people can link directly over to it. So uh, finally, Roger, then, what business ideas do you hope that somebody else are going to pursue? <laughs> Good question. So I, uh, packaging is obviously something very important when, when, when it comes to what we do. I wait for the next protein input source. So, so we, we obviously started with, with a soya-based product in this industry. We, we now have tempeh, we have pea protein, uh, mushroom products are more and more uh, coming to the market. I, I, I hope we can do something with seaweed, which would be healthier, more sustainable sustainable and, and 
much more affordable to produce. So uh, if, if I could wish, I would like, like to have a big inflow of entrepreneurs when it comes to the raw material. So we figure out how to grow uh, new raw material and, and make the products healthier and more affordable. So one thing is really to take the animal out of the of the food system. Another thing is to make healthy products for us human beings. And the third thing that drives me too is uh, to make products that are affordable. So I'm 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 pretty positive that some of our chicken products will be cheaper than the cheapest chicken on the planet in wow. about three years and, wow. and when i think of, of countries like africa or like india where still hundreds of millions live on a budget and on a very tight one it, it it's also one of our missions to make the product cheaper and cheaper and cheaper obviously it helps to convince our partners to sell more of the plant-based products than the animal products but it also would help a lot of people to get more food I hear you on that, Roger. That's certainly quite a bold claim to go out on that you intend within three years to have products that are cheaper than commodity chicken, which is certainly the holy grail in this space. And and I can also assure you that as somebody who runs my own plant-based protein ingredients startup, I totally am in agreement with you. We need a a a greater variety of not just brands, but also ingredient suppliers to this space to to help create these better and most importantly, in my view, also cheaper products. So Roger and Keith, I'm really impressed and really grateful to not only what you all have done in your careers, but also what you are now doing in this new chapter of your careers. And I'll be rooting for your success. And I really appreciate you taking time to chat during the pandemic about what it is that you all are up to at Live Kindly Co. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening. We hope you found use in this episode. If so, don't keep it to yourself. Please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we hope you will be in the business of doing good.